You're listening to Your Credit Today with your host, Angela Setters-Vissard, sponsored by Conquer Credit Management. Hey, 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 good afternoon, good evening, good morning. Whenever you're listening to this podcast, this is A to the N to the G. You're listening to Your Credit Today. And hey, folks, I am so excited to have one of my amazing friends on the show today. And some of you have heard her on my podcast in the past, and her name is Angel Cade. Angel, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Every time I'm with you, it feels like a mini party with a little business, of course, (laughs) but it's just a reflection of how fun you are. So this is perfect. No, thank you for having me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, as some of you may or may not know, Angel is uh, the CEO and founder of Executive On The Go, and she is an amazing CEO of this company. Let me tell you, she's also a public speaker, and I'm seeing some things about doing some life coaching, which let me tell you something. (laughs) If anybody could be an amazing life coach, it would definitely be this young lady. She has so much wisdom, um, so much integrity, and certainly, of course, from a business perspective, she has so much business wit. And obviously, she's helped many, many entrepreneurs. So, you know, without further ado, I really wanted to kind of just have a conversation with Angel about some of the things that are happening in the business world. A lot of you out there are entrepreneurs that are experiencing some uncertain waters out there as business owners. A lot of things are happening because of what we're experiencing in the world, not just U.S., but in the world. The coronavirus has tried to come and infiltrate small businesses and medium-sized businesses. Even I'm seeing a lot right now with some of the big entertainment companies that unfortunately are having to furlough some of their employees or Some of them are even closing their doors. It's Mm -hmm. a very, very uncertain time, uncertain waters. And what's really great is that when we can come on these waves, so to speak, and give you some information and knowledge that you need to know so that you can be equipped when you're asked these questions or when you are facing certain times in your business. So Angel, if you would, wouldn't would mind, would you give our listeners just a little bit of what it is that you do in your company and what you do with your clients once you talk to a client? Um, absolutely. I, I, I will go ahead and share what I do and, and how we help our clients. But I do want to say that you are definitely my, um, you know, business sister, you know, as <laughs> yes, far as we are sisters, aren't we? <laughs> I, mean, just, I mean, just being in the work and in the trenches of helping people every day that are um, doing their work, trying to get better, trying to, you know what I mean, just increase their, you know, um, opportunities their visibility, their scalability, just people that are out there in the world, just wanting to be better, wanting to grow. And then us on the other side, looking for ways to continue to equip them, encourage them and give them those tools and resources. So I just applaud you for standing in the gap and advocating for those individuals, because I know you get a lot of businesses, you get a lot of people that have passion and purpose that are coming to you that want to do better, want to be better and that you stand in that gap for them with the work that you do every day around credit. So I just applaud you for that. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Ditto, ditto, ditto. <laughs> we could do that all day, you know. I know, right? <laughs> Be like, you're great. You're great. You're great. <laughs> no, you're great. <laughs> so, um, so as far as what I do, I mean, by trade, um, you know, I'm a business consultant and just really help people on the, um, you know, at the beginning of their business, you know, just really onboarding uh, them into the proper structure. So a lot of times people come to us and they're not sure which structure is best for them. And when I say structure, I'm specifically talking about entities, the framework, whether you should navigate your business through a corporation, a C-corp, an S-corp, an LLC, or even a nonprofit. So no matter the structure, we're able to be a safe place to just kind of soundboard what it looks like for you to navigate your business through one of those entities. And there, is, there are definitely some very distinct differences that we support our clients with just to make sure that based on their exit strategy, based on their goals, based on how they plan to execute business, who the owners are, what they're going to do in it, that the structure itself makes sense to carry them to their goals. So well, wait, let me stop you for a minute because mm -hmm. here's the thing. Let's mm -hmm. just dial back a minute with mm -hmm. what you said that you do, because I think a lot of people really get this confused. Mm -hmm. You said that you are a business consultant. And that is so important to know and understand because consulting someone is helping them come to the revelation of everything that you just said, because yeah. no one opens a business and says, oh, how am I going to exit? Oh, how am I going to sell this someday down <laughs> the road? It's not until you have someone like yourself like your company that sits down and consults someone and says, hey, you know, did you think about this? Um, did you know this? You know, all these things that you're talking about are things that you actually invite out of some person's, you know, uh, purpose out of their, you know, their dreams as far as what they're trying to do with their company. And then on top of it, what I would assume that you do is because you're a realist and because you don't want people to do things that are going to end up hurting them in the future, mm -hmm. you're able to say, hey, you know what? That's not really a good idea. And that's what a consultant does. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're right on it. And the thing is, is that we get a lot of people that come in and, you know, they were told one thing or they assume one thing and it's not a truth for them. And, you know, it's funny because you would think that, you know, in our firm, you know, you got, you have a lot of companies that are just order takers and we really pride ourselves for the people that want the service that just realize that as a consultant, they respect the fact that we're a hybrid between the accountant and the attorney because you need those people in your life, but you need to be equipped to ask them the right questions. You need to be empowered to see the blind spots. You need to be informed of all of your options so that you can discuss the best strategy for you. When you walk into those meetings, you don't want to just sit and say, tell me what to do. You want to be empowered to say, this is how I want to navigate the waters. This is where I want to get to in 20 years or 15 
15 years. This is what I want to be able to raise. This is what I want my valuation to be. This is how I want to be acquired, or this is how I want my succession plan to be, or this is how I want to integrate my estate. These are conversations that as small businesses we can have, but it's like, you know, in the world of business, it's almost as if it feels so far away or it feels like it's just for bigger companies. And I'm, I'm just an advocate that it's for you. It's for you and you and you and all of the small businesses that exist. You deserve to have clarity on the estate planning. You deserve to have clarity on how to establish and, and, and issue out your stock. You deserve to have the understanding of how credit plays into your business. And, and, and when you, when it's time for you to go to Angela, to get it straight, to make sure you're right, to make sure you make sense, like how these things integrate and impact you in terms of your legacy, your business is bigger than you. We don't create businesses for jobs. We create it for process and systems and longevity and wealth and retirement. And so just giving people that language and exposure so they can ask better questions along the way. Well, yeah. And, and those questions are super important because, you know, as we're experiencing right now, I'm sure a lot of people didn't ask themselves the right questions when they got into business. And now they're finding that a huge tsunami just hit. Now, of course, you know, this is not a tsunami that anyone would have ever thought would happen. Mm-hmm. But because we don't insulate ourselves, because we don't ask the right questions, because we don't plan ahead, mm-hmm. some businesses are in this position because they didn't have someone that sat down with them and consulted with them and asked them all of these questions, correct? Correct. And the thing is, is that a lot of people don't, they, they feel that they are exempt Oh, that's not going to happen. Oh, why do I need to save uh, six months worth of expenses? Or why would I need to do that for my business? You know, I just, you know, this is going to, as if clients and income and and cash flow is going to be there forever. It functions in seasons and goes in patterns, just like the market. And you have to be prepared for when it's up, just like you have to be prepared for when it's down. And so just really having these candid conversations so that people are not caught off guard in this climate that we're in now that you know hasn't been seen and that in a lot of ways are unprecedented there are people that are going to come out on top there are millionaires that are going to be generated there are people that are taking the opportunity to invest in their creative self or produce the things that they were passionate about or using the time to you know what I mean to to work on the things that they've always wanted to do and so in every you know, even when we think about 2007 and eight, where a lot of people lost a lot of things at the same time, others came out, you know what I mean? Uh, successful. So the mm-hmm. re- reality is what, what side do you want to be on? Are you going to position yourself to leverage, take advantage, learn, adjust, pivot, all these words that we're hearing now that people are, are dealing with, with a new way to work. There are many problems out there. And because of it, there's a lot of people that are going to make money finding the solutions. Yes. And so, uh, you know, the question is, what problem are you solving for people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you know, the funny thing, and I know this is kind of like a little bit of a sidebar, but it's in the same vein. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking to a lot of clients right now that are looking to move out of their properties and move into new properties because they need a bigger home 
because they're saying that they're going to be working from home now mm-hmm. instead of working in an office. So, you know, and of course I'm asking a million questions when they say that, mm-hmm. but to keep it short and sweet, you know, things are changing. And even though they're changing, if we can adapt with some of the changes and like you said, pivot and take a step back and say, okay, yes, it's a little messy here right now, but what can I do with the mess and how can I turn it into, you know, a blessing, so to speak? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And it's so funny because those of us that are intuitive, and I know that you and I have had uh, conversations throughout, you know, the years. And even with this situation, I mean, we had conversations before this happened yeah. of making adjustments that were just right on time in being prepared for already, you know, pivoting and adjusting and connecting and, you know, uh, dealing with our, our our, our clientele. And so uh, the thing is, is that if you stay in the vein, if you're staying in the kind of flow of how business is occurring, then you won't be caught off guard and it won't be such a drastic change when these things are happening. A lot of the people that are experienced success or being able to be at least sustained during this time, it's the ones that are able to easily adjust because they've got systems, processes, they have things in place. They're connected to technology. They're connected to their clientele. They're connected to their audience. And they're not trying to create from a place of desperation. They're creating from a place of innovation. And that's what we're seeing. Um, I've gotten calls, a lot of the current kind of calls that we're getting and, and people that are asking for us to consult with them, a lot of them are dealing with um, a lot of this money um, that has come out of the CARES Act. So clients or small businesses that have never uh, and would have never necessarily been approved for 150, you know, 200,000, uh, $50,000 uh, due to the um, uh, CARES Act and or the SBA idle product, they're getting access to funds and they're turning around and trying to figure out, well, well what do we do with it? Or, you know, what can I spend it on? Or what can I whoa, not whoa, spend it on? Well, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, so let's let's talk about those those products that you just mentioned. Now, I don't know if you know all of them or whatnot, but are you familiar with most of the SBA products that are out there or the new ones that are coming? Or can you kind of expound on that a little bit? You know, I can. And it's so funny when we're dealing, at least in this last, um, I would have to say, what, four or five months with a lot of the products. I mean, I could talk about it today and honestly, we could wake up tomorrow and it'll be different. I just feel like so many of them are changing because there's demands on, you know, how hard it is to navigate the product or even through um, either the banks and their distribution or understanding of the product as these laws and and restrictions or requirements are coming down the pike from the SBA, from the government, from the, you know, from the CARES Act. So um, a few of the major ones that we have been dealing with that we've seen with our clients is uh, number one, um, that PPP product. I mean, the PPP product is probably one of the most misunderstood products. Yeah, um, please that tell came us. Out. Yeah. So that paycheck protection program, it just, you know, 
when it came out, this idea that, hey, you've got payroll, take your payroll, you know, put it in this formula. As long as you spend the money on the payroll, you'll be able to get it forgiven. You know, it's almost like playing telephone. You remember that game as a kid where you'd have the cup or you'd, or you'd whisper in someone's ear and you'd say something. And by the time you got to like the 10th kid, it was like a completely different um, yes. phrase, right? Oh yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. There's yeah, so that- much misinformation out there. It's the one thing, you know, that I say when I'm going and I'm, you know, speaking to a group of people is I say, listen, you know, don't always Google things mm-hmm. because Google is someone else's perspective. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's not necessarily the real information. Yeah. And it's, there's, you know, it's not necessarily the truth. And if, unless you took the time to read the original 900 pages and all of the subsequent um, addendums to the CARES Act, then I'd venture to say that you're just listening on it through the telephone, you know, through the, uh, you know, through kind of somebody whispering in your ear and you, you know, wanting to understand, you know, the interpretation of it. We're, we're watching people with videos on YouTube. We're watching people, you know, say and, and communicate different things that are not true. So probably some of the biggest misinterpretations around PPP that I have heard is I had a client um, from the Midwest give me a call and about her and maybe three other colleagues all got monies through PPP. And so she called me frantic and was like, hey, you know, I I need to make sure that I can set up these new entities because I want to make sure that I can um, do payroll. And I was like, well, okay, what are you paying people for? What's going on? Like, you know what I mean? It was kind of a jump from our last conversation only to realize that what their understanding was, was that you can get this money. And as long as you spend the money on payroll, that you would be able to get it forgiven and it would turn into this free money. So go ahead and grab it and run payroll. And that is so far from the truth on that product. And so I said, well, did you have any payroll first quarter? Did you have any payroll last year? Did like, how many people did you say were on payroll? Were they ever on payroll? What do you mean they were contractors? What do you mean you don't have a 941? What do you mean? Like, I'm like, I'm like you need to return all of that money. Because oh, if you, I was like, gracious. you're going to owe that in a year. And the, people are playing a game. And this is what I'd love for you to speak to. You know, how... How how do people how do you deal with people when they think they can outpace the debt? Ooh. Right. They get the debt yeah. and they think that, oh, I'm going to get it. And what typically happens when you see that when somebody comes in and they're so they're almost like thirsty for those monies. And yeah. then and then what usually happens in those scenarios? Well, you know, here's the thing that I tell people is that, you know, we've we've heard this a million times without a plan, you plan to fail. And the thing about credit is that it's leverage. It's a leverage position. Now, when we say that we're leveraging something, we're expecting a return. So the thing is, is that when I take out money, when I'm going to borrow money, it means that I have a plan to leverage that cash so that A, I have a plan to pay it back, and B, it's a means to get o- not get over on people, get over a situation in business. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what I think happens is, is like you said, a lot of people are looking at this like they do with credit. Mm -hmm. 
They're looking at it as free money. So when someone gets a $50,000 credit card, when someone gets a $10,000 credit card, they look at it as though, oh, I have $50,000 worth of extra cash. But that is not how we should look or view credit. Again, credit is a vehicle that's an amazing tool that you can use to help amplify your financial picture. But if you really don't understand Mm. why you need the money, why you need to use the money, if you can use the money and pay it back in six months to a year, then you are going to fail. And so I think that it goes back to this main topic that a lot of education people out there, you know, people in the financial world are trying to teach people with respect to budgeting and analyzing, you know, what their money looks like over a year, two or three years. And so unfortunately, to answer your question, I think that a lot of people are uneducated and they make these decisions and unfortunately fail miserably. I hope that answers the question. The credit queen has spoken. Yes, it does. (laughs) Because, you know, I I can, you know, I say it till I'm blue in the face, but what you just said was like truth, you know? And I think that this is the information, this is the education that people need to have before they decide that they're going to spend this money and they haven't planned, assigned, or allocated where it's going to go to help and, and build their bottom line and the success of their business. Mm. So, you know, just really, really looking at, um, you know, some of the other products, if we look at, let's say the idle, or we look at um, some of the, let's see here, we look at like the idle product, like the economic um, disaster loan product. If we look at that, then what happens is um, we consider the fact that, hey, these are loans that a lot of the people on average would not have been able to receive. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so the, this particular product they pulled from, um, they pulled from Experian. Uh, they looked at the tax ID number. They were very quick to turn around and issue offers They wanted to bridge people so that they wouldn't lose their business, which was, um, you know, so many things were unexpected. I have a quick story about a restaurant um, client who basically um, was able to get a loan and upgraded their restaurant to be able to cover and take care of the safety of their clients and their employees. And they spent over $30,000 on plexiglass and separations and new booths only only to one week later be told that they can't be open because they don't have outside seating. Oh my gosh. So this is the reality of what's going on in the business community where, um, you know, I went to one restaurant and they literally were building a deck on their parking lot so that they could put seats out there because they didn't know what else to do. They were looking at whatever option we could create so that we could stay open, so that we can serve the market, so that we can employ our staff. The impact is so great. Um, across our economy that I think that 
you know, the re everyone is kind of scrambling to look for how can we create a solution? How could we make this happen? And so that's kind of the, that, that's the space or that's the temperature of everyone that I've been talking to. Now, back to this idol, what's happening is a lot of people are getting access to this, these monies and they, again, are not uh, planning and assigning where that money is going to go. And it's causing some major issues because a lot of them are looking at what they can spend it on to just continue to survive. And that is not what it was meant for. Well, if not only that, if, if, you know, and forgive me for, for jumping in here, right. but the thing is, is that one of the things that we, both you and I, teach people to do is to read the contracts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so if you read the contract, okay, it is actually in simple English. You know, if there's things that you don't understand, then you need to ask someone. But before you ever sign a contract, it is, oh, it's so important to read the fine print and have an understanding of what is expected of you. Oh. And what I find people doing all of the time is having zero expectations, specifically with these loans that you're talking about, is that they have zero expectation on themselves and they're really putting it back on the government and saying, listen, you're giving us access to this money, so you need to figure out how we're going to get it for free. And has anyone heard about death and taxes? <laughs> the two the, things you guarantee are going to happen. Right. And so the thing is, is that unfortunately, our government, as much as I would love to say they're looking out for us, it's not that they're, I don't want to say they're not looking out for that us, but who are they looking out for more? Man, that is that is the truth, you know, and when you look at the products and when you look how, at how things were executed, it's going to make you question that because at the end of the day, who is benefiting from this? Who's benefiting from this bottom line? One of the things that ha one of the things that happened is because of the lack of information, education, or even like you said, people taking responsibility to read the fine print, anyone that took over 25,000, that particular loan immediately had a clause of guarantee. And so for the people that own homes and own assets, you're immediately putting those items on the line for this particular product. And so it was funny because I got a call and on the call, the person literally was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to take the 150, but you know what happens? I said, well, you know, it's due. The first payment is due in a year, which is great because that's a delay. But I mean, it could be a, a delayed, you know, it's a delayed debt, a delayed, you know, um, a burden, a delayed liability, because when it shows up, it's going to show up and be ready to be paid in a year. And so I said, you know, yeah, great. It's a 30 year product, you know, which is very mortgage like but okay. And so then you go down the list. <laughs> Very mortgage-like. You know, and you say, okay, well, how does all that feel? Well, I can do it. I can do it. And, you, and then the, the client was like, well, if it doesn't work out, can I just bankrupt it? And I was like, you read nothing, did you? Like, no, this is like but the this very world. fact, but, but the very fact that someone goes into a situation with that thought process is, is very concerning. Absolutely. 
and, and, and it's an indicator that you're not you're not ready for this type of product or access to this type of capital or measured even the type of risk involved if your if your default is to say well can i just bankrupt can i just make it go away can i just start over can i just you know and 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 not really even fully understanding the the ramifications of going through that path and dealing with that situation when if if it comes to a point that you're not able to pay it right yes and the thing is is that unfortunately and this is one thing that everybody needs to understand when you are undertaking anything from a government loan perspective. So a lot of people, unfortunately, are, uh, you know, have a lot of debt in student loan debt. And when it's federal student loan debt, it doesn't go away. It follows you for your lifetime. Okay. So anything from a government perspective, when you are borrowing money from the government, which the SBA is, you unfortunately are signing away your personal assets in exchange for paying them back. So what's going to happen is, is if you own a home, if you have a business, um, they're going to lien those particular assets that you have. And if for some reason you don't pay them back, guess what they're going to do? And I've unfortunately had so many clients that have come back to me after they were not able to pay back the SBA and say, Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do. They want to take my house. And my answer is, unfortunately, you signed those documents and you guaranteed that you would be able to pay back this loan. And as a part of the guarantee, that was the deal. Yeah. And it's a very terrible thing and it's a very scary thing to have happen. And again, you know, most of these people that I'm referring to are not people that set out and didn't have a plan. They're not like this individual that you're talking about that's already, you know, speaking about defeat. These people had a business plan in line. Mm-hmm. You know, they they knew what they were going to do. They had the investors. They had the plan. You know, they planned their business three years out in advance. And unfortunately, things just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And because they took the SBA loans, the small business administration loans, they lost their homes. Yeah. And, and it's a very scary thing. It, it is. And I think that the climate has made it so that because there's so much kind of like delay and pauses or grace that's happened in the space that people forget that when these things become due, when the when the payment is is going to be activated, when you start to get notices, when you know, what I mean, when all of this comes to its head, then at the on the other side of it, you want to be prepared to succeed. We you know, at the end of the day, we want to see our clients succeed. I want to see you pay it back. I want to see you positioned properly. But if upfront you already have the wrong attitude, if upfront you don't have the plan or the assignment of the funds, if upfront, you know, all of these things are just kind of like you're winging it, then that puts you in a position. Or guessing. Oh, it just, it's horrible. And so just, just really raising, you know, your clarity, your awareness, your information. And if you can't, even before making these decisions to ensure that you're making the best decision for yourself, your business, 
your future, your family, like the impact is greater than you. Yes. A hundred percent. So now getting back to these SBA products, like what are some of the products that you see people asking you about? Um, right now, I mean, I, a lot of people are circling back and they're asking for, um, more of that, uh, the, the, the disaster loan product, because the sentiment was that it was easy to get in those first, second and third rounds. That's the product that had the grant built into it. And, um, some reports are coming out that they said it was crazy. It was like over, 30, it was like 36% of the applications they felt have some type of fraud in it. And so right now the SBA, both the SBA and the EDD are doing some massive hiring because they're going to be going, they're going to go back into a lot of these assignments to make sure that these are real businesses, real people, and make sure that these items are verified and make sense. And so we're seeing a lot of fraud. I mean, people, there were arrests already in New York. There was a couple in Florida that they took took this money and they, um, you know, bought, you know, cars and they just, you know, bought stuff and did not use it for um, the business appropriately. So we're seeing a lot of that. So a lot of people are coming now that are kind of like looking at, is it real? Can I get it? Is there still anything left? Uh, Could there be something for me? You know, they're just kind of looking at those um, types of things. One of the things that I'm telling clients to do now, at least the clients that are minorities, um, any uh, minority or um, a women-owned business, veteran-owned business, any business that could be considered disadvantaged, I f- personally feel like coming down the pike of, in the next six to nine months, there's going to be a huge demand for allocation uh, to be made on businesses to respond to, um, you know, RFPs that are certified disadvantaged businesses because they're going to look for ways to support these small businesses. What and- is RFP? Uh, uh, when uh, a request for proposal. So when a company or when an agency is looking for a new vendor, they put out a request for proposal so that you can bid on it. Well, a lot of small businesses never hear about it because they're not on the list or they never hear about it because the list is very short. Well, once you get certified as a disadvantaged business, then it becomes, it's part of the mandate um, from a a lot of the agencies, local government, federal government, that there's an assignment to businesses that are disadvantaged. And they're going to broaden that language where we, in terms of our businesses, we want to be in position to, to, to get some of that allocation. So I really believe now is the time, if you haven't already and you fall into any of those categories, you want to get certified now so that you're ready to receive, apply, respond when those come down the pike. And How the can someone do that? Um, there are, um, probably the, the, the biggest one is an, is called an eight a certification, the number eight, the letter a, and you actually can, can get that application directly on the SBA uh, website. It's an application. You go through quite a process to confirm that you're one of those three things, but they have their own due diligence and verification. And once you get the certification, you have it for a certain amount of years where you get privy to being on those lists. Wow. 
That's amazing. I mean, like I didn't even, I had no idea about that at all. How do people know about this stuff if, unless they talk to someone <laughs> like you? You know, it just, it, I don't know. It just, it kind of, and it, for me, it just, it, it really does confirm the fact that we have to stay in front of this conversation, that, that we have to, um, you know, share the information, educate people. I think that a certain part of it is that I think that like a lot of people who have these resources. So for example, one of our clients has, um, has a shop inside an airport. Now airport contracts are very hard to get, but because they are identified as a, a disadvantaged business, they were able to get into this particular contract and get assigned, which is, which, you know, was huge. Well, now, you know, no one's going to the airport, but back then it was huge. And so um, the thing is, is that when people get it, I think that some people kind of feel like, oh, if I tell you about it, then you'll compete with me. If I tell mm. you about it, then there won't be enough or there won't be something left. And I think that, you know, I, I, you know, my sentiment is that, you know, if the more of us are going after it or they increase the percentage or they, they put more um, uh, call outs for us to be engaged, they expand the industries that can uh, get involved in these vendorizations, then that's to our benefit. Right. And so there's just plenty and there's more than enough for all of us to be able to eat at the table. And my sentiment is I'm going to tell you the information. I'm going to tell you the site to go to. I'm going to tell you to apply because I know that as if, if one of us gets it and we get in and we do a good job, that it makes it easier for them to say, you know what, we're going to give more percentage of this work to other disadvantaged businesses because it's proven to be a great relationship or it's proven to give me a great return. And that's what we want to see. Absolutely. hundred percent. Now let's just switch gears here because we've only got five more minutes in the show. I want to talk about this, uh, life coaching thing that I see you've got going on here. <laughs> and well, I, I think you've been doing it for a long time without calling it that. Yes. But you know, what I want to talk about is something that both of you and I are very passionate about, and that's about serving people and helping people. Um, what would you say is something that you would tell someone that is in a really precarious situation with respect to their business and, you know, they need to find hope? Mm -hmm. What is it that you would say to them from a coaching perspective? You know, so from a coaching perspective, a lot of what I plan to do or how I plan to really show up as a coach around life and business is really understanding the fact that every part of you, every component of your life has an impact on the other. And for a long time in business, you're kind of like, okay, I'm in business. And so I want to keep this conversation business. It needs to stay business. I can't, you know, I'm having problems at home, but don't worry a business. You know, when I show up to the office, I'm just going to show up and I'm going to put this face on, but I'm, you know, hurting on the inside. I'm out of sync on the inside. My, you know, my, everything is messed up, but you know, I'm going to show up to this meeting and give what I have, but it's not authentic and it's not full and it's not serving because 
I am not doing well. And just really kind of understanding that people that want success in their business, um, you know, have to be okay with being a little vulnerable in realizing that um, other areas of their life have an impact on how they do business and how they show up people and that people aren't as people aren't as you know, ignorant as you think, you know, a lot of times we show up into spaces and we're not okay, but just because we say it, we think everyone believes it. And you've got to be really careful with that because people are engaging and doing business with not only, oh, you know, you're doing a great job, but they're doing business with people that are authentic. They're doing business with people that they like. They're doing business with people that they believe are honest. They're doing right because these are the things that make a difference when we're engaging because we're synergizing and we're doing work together and we're serving the world in this way. So just kind of opening that up. But if somebody come to me and was having an issue with um, hope and was having an issue with navigating the space and not being sure about what they want to do, I would begin to just kind of get into discovery, you know, who are they talking to? What are they reading? What are they doing? What are they spending time on? Are they trusting themselves? You know, a lot of times the answer is already inside of you, but the problem is that you don't trust it. You mm. don't, tr- you know, and so really kind of looking at all of the things and all of the evidence that you have, we get feedback every day. You're out in the world. And when, when you do something, and I know you experience this, when you're out there doing something and people are responding and they're like, Angela, you're, it's amazing. Or you did this and it had so much impact. And when you're receiving it and when you're getting that feedback, it becomes the evidence that you're flowing in the right place, that you're yes. doing the right thing. But so many times when people, let's say, compliment us or tell us, how amazing it is. We're like, oh no, you know, it's okay. Or, you know, you know, I, you know, well, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't that great or, you know, so we we're, we're blocking it and we're, you know, rejecting it. And we're, we're thinking that we're humble when in reality we're doing a disservice to the flow of purpose in our life. Mm. And so just getting clear on that and getting comfortable. I, I have some clients where I'm coaching them and I'm just getting them used to hearing the feedback I ask them about the evidence and I say, when you said it, how do you feel? And and what it reveals is they, they feel like they have, impo- they have imposter syndrome. They're dealing with all kinds of stuff. And wow. it shows up in the work because if you're, if you're not sure, confident and clear, then when it comes time to ask for a payment, you're always going to be the first one to discount yourself. And you're never going to get your value in the marketplace until you get these areas straight. Wow. So that's, that's awesome. And so on target. Well, friends, you heard it here from this voice here, A to the N to the G. And I hear that they call Miss Angel a uh, gel box. What is that? <laughs> a gel box. I love it. Yeah. So, so my my mother in law calls for from for a very long time, and and I've you know I've been with Brandon. We've been together since we were fifteen. So we so it's been a third. Get out of here! Oh my yeah. gosh! Wait a minute. Let's not just let's not glaze <laughs> over that because that's a big big thing. So, how long have you been married? Twenty one years. Wow. That's yeah. Twenty one years. 
21 years in March. And, and so we've been together uh, 30 years and, and then married 21 years. And from, uh, so, so two things I was called in the house. So my uh, mother-in-law uh, always called me jelly. So she's like, jelly, you know, so she just, she was just like, she wasn't doing the whole Angel thing. She would just call me jelly. And then, um, and so the idea of the jelly box was this, is this vision that I had years ago that jelly box was this kind of, you know, magical box that just contained all of me. And it was just kind of this realization that I can be all these things at once and that it was okay for other people to see the various sides of me. So mm. it actually, I'm going to be launching a new site. Uh, we're launching a new uh, coaching product in September. Um, it's going to be called Accelerated Business Launch for those of you that are starting brand new and want an amazing foundation and some guidance and support along the way. And so all of these things uh, are part of me. And so Jellybox includes Angel, the wife, um, the mother. Uh, we have a nonprofit called A Kid Like Anden named after our son that helps other parents navigate the system and resources for uh, for those that have children with special needs. And so we've navigated these waters um, for the last 10 years and we just believe in helping anyone that uh, needs it, um, that needs to be empowered or needs to find their voice in these situations. And so so we so that's in there. We've got um, we've got an adult residential facility that we've um, opened, which was crazy. We opened it right at the beginning of the shutdown, and so we've got that in LA serving um, the special need adult community um, that needs placement through regional center. So that facility is open. Uh, we've got, of course, executive on the go. Um, I also have nonprofit where we uh, help kids expose them to global culture and perspective through Cali Now. We've got, you know, so we've got these things and all these things are a part of me. And so why do they have to be siloed? Why are they so separate? All of them are me and you can find them on the jelly box. I love it. Okay. So man, I'm glad I actually asked that. I really love that. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing a piece of you on gel. I think that I love everything that you're talking about and I'm so excited to see how all of that plays out. And yeah. I know that there are a lot of listeners out there that can use you because not only are you insanely wise, but you're also really, really kind and sweet and you actually care about people. And that is a really good mix for business. Yes. So I want to thank you so much for showing up to your credit today, um, sharing all of your wisdom concerning what's going on right now and the pitfalls that people are falling into, what yes. people need to know and understand. And this will not be the last time that you will be on the show, as you know. <laughs> so I want to thank you so much for all of you out there. This is a to the N to the G. You know you're listening to your credit today. And guess what? If you have not hit that subscribe button, you better do it. You better tell all your friends and family out there the amazing tips and information that you're learning from this voice here. This is Angela and Angel, and we're out. <laughs>